0: Well, good morning, everyone. Sorry. Good evening, everyone. <coughs> I did not take a nap this afternoon, contrary to public opinion. Uh, how are you all this evening? Good. good. Glad to have you here with us. A couple announcements, and uh, we'll fly through them, okay, because we've already been through them a bunch, this, even this morning. But if you're joining us for the first time here in person, please stop by our welcome desk. We have a gift we'd like to give to you. If you're joining us for the first time online, you can either scan the QR code, or you can go to sbtnd.org contacts, and we can get your info there um, and get a record of your visit. Dealing with Disappointment is the Ladies' Bible Study. It starts this Tuesday night, ladies, and if you signed up for the Thursday morning one, it starts this Thursday morning. So 7 p.m. this Tuesday or 9.30 on Thursday morning, both in the Fellowship Hall. I know the ladies are looking forward to that. Those that have been leading it are looking forward to doing work on that and getting excited about what the Lord has in store for that. Taylor and Maddie Woods are going to be coming for their official candidate visit. Um, this is—I know it is I know it is Super Bowl Sunday, but it's all right. You'll still be here, right? <clears throat> I'll be here. So, I, I was going to tell them uh, we are excited. I'm going to have one question for Taylor because you see all these flags up here. Okay? Pastor and I had to put those up this year. Neither one of us knew Pastor and I. We do not like heights, nor do we like ladders. So, my one question is Do you like ladders, Taylor? And if the answer is no, then he might need another place to serve. No, just kidding. If he's watching, I hope, he's, you know, I hope you're prepping already. Now, David's David's back now, so we're going to throw David up there. And uh, Pastor Rader was one that was like hanging off, and he was gone. And then David left to go to Guam, and Pastor and I are like, what do we do now? So we, we did it. But if anyone wants to come this week, we're taking them down. <laughs> so if anyone wants to help us, that would be this week. All right, enough about me talking here. <clears throat> the Iwana Grand Prix is coming up, so you can go out into the uh, lobby, and there's a table out there. You can see Matt Huggins for any questions on that as well. VBS, we're looking for volunteers. Um, June 16th to the 21st. Yesterday, a couple people went to the Ark for their um, big Answers in Genesis Kind of reveal and training, and so uh, they came back with some good information, good ideas, and so we're looking forward to a really good summer ministry there with our kids. And uh, we always try to invite as many as we can. So we're looking for volunteers, we're trying to build up our children's ministry and make it really an exciting place for our church here and an exciting time of growth. Teen summer camp is coming up faster than you know it. Our right, summers are getting closer, and so July 15th through the 19th at Kobiak, But the deposit is due March 7th. That's the first Sunday in March. And so you can see David for any questions on that, but it's $50 for all those teenagers that plan on going. Our missionaries of the week are Mike and Susan Weiss with Shepherds Bethel. They um, just have a new storage container that they just got, and so they're praising the Lord for that, but praying that the Lord will continue to use their ministry as they minister to missionaries that come. Before we have the ushers come forward, Todd has an announcement he'd like to make.
1: Uh, I have two. Um, As the... uh uh treasure uh, end of things um our budget uh, that we handed out uh, with the numbers we had on it uh, we've changed it last year was quite a bit different because it just had the five categories so we did the same thing this year um so there's been some concern that um, it's just not detailed enough Uh, we did to simplify things so we're going to have a meeting and uh we're going to expand that out more uh, but the deacons are going to get together uh, have a meeting work through those things and i'll refigure All those on those categories um, and go from there so our budget meeting is probably gonna be until the end of February to get that worked out Um, also giving statements Um, if when you're giving online if you ever forget your username and password uh, and you have to re-log in again and give them all the information again it creates a second person in the same name Um, I usually catch all those uh, but there's been one that slipped through um, uh, so i had to get that fixed so just be sure to uh, save that information if there's ever any issue um, please see me um, and any treasure information any any budget information um, i'm an open door uh, open door policy so so you just let me know uh, if there's any concern of any kind uh, just pl- feel free to call me uh, call me see me i'll open up the checkbook let you see everything it doesn't we're here not to hide anything so just uh so if there's any concern uh if Feel free to reach out anytime to me. Thank you.
0: And we are very thankful that Todd does all that he does. I don't know if you guys know how much Todd does for this church in the finances department, but you're looking at me and Pastor, we have no clue what we're doing. So uh, we're very thankful for what Todd's done. And so, again, if you have any questions, see him. All right, we'll have the ushers come forward this time to receive this evening's offering. And I'm going to ask Devin if he would pray for the offering and for the Weisses as well.
2: Heavenly Father, it is good to be in your house with your people and uh, about to sing your praises and hear from your word, Lord. I just pray that you bless this service, soften our hearts, open our hearts to what you have for us this evening. We thank you for the many blessings and the, uh, the monies that you've provided for your ministry and for the furtherance of the gospel. I pray that the, the small amount that we can put back at your feet, that you would take far beyond what we can imagine uh, for the sake of the gospel. pray for the Weisses and their ministry, Lord. We just praise you for the blessings that they've had in that ministry. I pray that you continue to bless them and uh, meet their needs. We just praise you for your goodness and for your love toward us. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: All right, we'll begin singing this evening with Blessed Be the Name. All praise to him.
4: I'm yakking. Hello, everybody. Be thinking, by the way, about uh, some... I'd like to hear some testimonies about uh, people you're talking to about Jesus, so uh, be thinking about that uh, as we get toward the uh, service. Birthdays and anniversaries, the last two weeks. Last week was a uh, missions conference. We did not do birthdays and anniversaries then. So, anybody have birthdays and anniversaries? Miss Judy had a birthday. When was your birthday, Miss Judy? Wednesday, the 24th. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? 61 years. 61 years. Amen. Hey, praise the Lord. Yep. How Anniversary. How many years? Seemed like, correct. <laughs> I'll let you give the answer. 26. <laughs> 26? 20, is that right, Miss Linda? 26 years? What does it seem like? <laughs> good answer, yes. Good answer, smart man. Skeet, birthday. birthday when was your birthday? eighteenth. And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Fifty-six years. 56 years. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Who we point to? Joey. When was your birthday, Joey? Wednesday. Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Uh, okay. So uh, have you known the Lord for sixty-one years as well? <laughs> no. How long have you known the Lord? 24 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Last two weeks, birthdays or anniversaries? The last two weeks. Is that it? Really? For two weeks? It's not bad. All right. Well, let's go ahead. We'll figure out what the uh, secret is to 26 15 years of marital bliss. <laughs> Meaning it takes the Lord's strength to do... No, no. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Dan? You just learn to say yes, man. <laughs> Amen. All right, well, let's sing happy birth to these young folks. Happy birth to you. Happy Birthday to you. Happy birth, to you. Happy birth God bless you. Happy birth
0: to you.
4: John, come on up.
2: We stand, Dr. Abel, for the reading of Scripture tonight. Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and how thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love, Remember, therefore, for whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. May your hearts be sanctified by God's word. You may be seated.
3: When we had the men's conference a couple Saturdays ago, and you heard a couple testimonies from that, um, Mark Herfster was our speaker, and he and his brothers put out a few CDs from the wilds a long time ago. But the first one they put out, Um, was titled, Be Strong in the Lord. That was the title track, and there were, you know, 10 songs or whatever on there, Um, and that really impacted me, because I was a a teenager at the Wilds, and um, the decision that I had made that week had to do with music, and when, you know, the the chapel session or whatever, where we talked about that, it's like, you can't, whenever you take something out, whether it's music or anything else, right, you can't just take that out of your life, because there's still going to be something th- there's, there's going to be a hole there and so they're like well you need to fill it with the right kind of music and so i ended up buying that cd i still have it in my car to this day and so it was really great to be able to um, hear him and talk to him um, and so i really want to uh, sing this uh sing this song tonight so be strong and go ahead and stand with me
5: Be strong.
4: Singing. Is that your testimony? How can I keep from singing when God's done so many wonderful things for us? Isn't that great? Green mic is what we'll be using there. Michael, all right, so I need uh, five people who will tell me about somebody that they're currently sharing Christ's salvation with. Who's going to go first? Oh, a couple. Nice. Yes, I did.
1: (laughs) I was at a call... Uh, recently um, and uh, it was the first time in 35 years that this has ever happened um, and the customer witnessed to me Um, and I got to thinking about that I was like wow um, is that the state that our Christians are in in this nation you know that a stranger comes in their house where they're comfortable it's their home I'm the I'm the outsider Uh, they should be as comfortable as you can be in your own home and uh, this fellow, uh, he, um, he was just on the onsets of, uh, of dementia. Uh, that's what his wife had, had told me. And uh, so, as we, so I went in there, I was talking to him, and uh, a super nice fellow uh, up in years. And he said, I got a question for you. He said, if you died today, do you know where you'd go? And I said, yeah. I said, I'd go to heaven. He said, I want to know why. I want to know how you know. Um, so I basically had to repeat the gospel to him and what I had trusted and um and of course, that thrilled his heart because uh he didn't um he didn't hear it much you know he was apparently big into other ministries and uh he preaches a lot of jails and things like that over the years uh so he didn't have a bashful bone in his body and um so it was really encouraging um uh, to me that somebody else witnessed to me um and that was uh that was really i know it's terrible to say it was really strange um so I'm usually I usually try to be the other guy, you know, and he beat me to the punch. Uh, so so anyway. Um, you were really bad about him out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have charged <laughs> him as much, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, here's,
4: here's Cheryl. That is amazing. I am have to share that because for the first time in 35 years of going into people's houses, someone witnessed to him, and, I, and we were having that discussion. Is that no wonder our nation is where it's at? Because it's not the first time in 35 years he's come across a Christian, right? Just the first time in 35 years that one of those Christians has shared the gospel with him. And, wow, we need to be doing this. I'm sorry, Ms. Cheryl, go ahead.
6: Um, on Monday afternoon, I had an opportunity to witness to a co-worker of mine. Him and I have worked together for many years. Um, but he has a health condition that could possibly be life-ending in the next, you know, five, ten years. And um, he's not the one I ever think about witnessing to when Pastor John asks who do you think about? I have another co-worker that's always on my mind, um, but I work from home on Mondays, and the Holy Spirit put it on me as soon as he started telling me the situation and letting me know, you know, just how upset he's been by this. I'm just like, oh, the Holy Spirit's telling me to speak (laughs) because I'm at home there's nobody else it's not like there's anybody interfering or that's you know I have to worry about hearing I'm at home joy had already gone her and I had met earlier so Um, it was and I'm just like here it is the Lord's just putting this right in my lap and so I took the opportunity and and I just told him you know i was trying to be careful because because we have worked together for a lot of years and I know he has other thoughts um, but he is open and that's what was so encouraging and it's allowing me and others now um, there's several of us at work that all are on the same team and we're Christians and he's allowing all of us to be open now to him. So that's exciting.
4: Amen. It is, praise the Lord. Somebody else. Robert. I feel bad that you're walking up here, but I'm glad you're walking up here. Yeah. He's in pain this evening. So he did take some pills but they're not the kind that's going to make him sleep. So if he falls asleep, it's all on him.
7: <laughs> Everybody knows I've been doing radiation. And these two nurses that are very sweet, before we start, we always, I ask them if we can pray. We've been praying for five days. And I always ask them "Is something something I can pray for you about. And they say, no, we don't need nothing, and man, we're fine. Well, but the last day was Friday. That was my last radiation day. and um, I told him, I said, man, I got something for you girls. I said, uh, and I handed them a track, and I said, this is about eternal life. I said, when my trial's done here, I know I'm going to my eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, I want you girls to be here with me because it's very serious. And they took the tracks, and they listened, and I got to talk to my doctor. And Dr. Jensen, he listened to me clearly about what I was talking about. I said, "Doc, I know you took care of me because God gave you the hand to do what you do. And I said, I said, I thank God for you. I said, but I want you to spend eternity with me. You need the Lord, and that's the way you're going to come to heaven and see me. And he agreed, and he didn't take it, but he took the track, and he listened to me. And I, I did ring the bell, and I'm thankful for that. That's my last treatment, right? And I just want to say, you know, you just don't, I always wonder, what, why am I here, Lord? That's why I'm there. Because those girls would have never heard that. My doctor would have never heard it, and... I I thank God for my cancer I really do because I couldn't have got that door opened up to talk to those people amen praise the Lord anybody else Miss Bonnie
4: I'll come to you that's fine
8: we we moved a little bit over a year ago to a condo and our unit is connected with a lady that is 96 years old (coughs) Excuse me and on Sundays when I fix our Sunday dinner I would take it over and share with her and her daughter talked to me last week and said that they were going to have to put her in assisted living but they were looking at the summer well she I guess this is just a little twist on what Pastor Ray wants me to talk about but um she has a caregiver that's there well she has like two or three different caregivers but on Sunday I met that caregiver because she was always there and I'll just call her Z since this is probably on the internet but she's a believer and we would talk about um, our salvation and um, just different things we would talk about when I would go over just for that short amount of time and the caregiver would never come in and listen and so the last couple weeks she started asking me some questions not the caregiver but the lady and um, I noticed that the caregiver was coming in and listening. Well, it, uh, this week, they moved her, her to assisted living without us knowing. And I guess I, I say all that to say, don't wait if, some, if, if you have an opportunity, because I don't know if I'll ever see this caregiver again. And to my knowledge, she was not a believer, um, but she was listening and i was hoping that through the summer you know i would have a better opportunity to plant some more seed but i just say to you don't wait if you have an opportunity maybe the lord will lead her to me again i don't know um but maybe maybe the lord will use something that me and the lady talked about
4: what a wonderful way to uh witness right you and another christian just talking while other people listen that's a great way to witness miss Glenda.
9: So I started working at Rosegate Assisted Living about a year and a half ago and I'm there all of eight hours a week. I mean I'm working hard. <laughs> but I just like to I need to stay busy, blah blah blah. So um, the Lord's really laid it on my heart about these people, most of them are we do have one lady I know that's a hundred. Most of them are in their eighties and nineties. There's actually one man that's my age, which that's a little unsettling. <laughs> but it is what it is. But I know I have to be careful, but I do talk to them when I get a chance. I really do talk to them about the Lord, and, and I ask them questions. And, and you can tell the ones that are sincere in their walk, they just brighten up. And, oh, yes, I love Jesus. And they just start talking, and, and it opens the doors. And, but that doesn't always happen. So I have, um, that's where Patty was, Dan's sister, and she moved in the 29th day of March. And ever since she moved in there, then Randy and a couple of the ladies would go and sing to her. And the Lord has just really laid it on my heart and not letting go and listening to pastor and the missions and, and everything. I mean, this is a mission field. And so I've already approached several people, much to their chagrin, (laughs) but I'm working on getting a group of us to go once a month and have a service with them. It won't be like our service here, obviously, but, and I I can't take too much time to talk about it, but really pray about it and think about it all ages. You know, we could do this and having a service would be so much more effective than me talking to him, because I do work there. So just please, please think about it. And just once a month, I'm trying to formulate, whether it be better on a Saturday morning or an evening, um, but I need ideas. Come to me, talk to me, call me, please. Thank you.
4: So uh, this is, in my opinion, the way that uh, witnessing works well. I, I'm aware that sometimes you put something on the calendar because it uh, if you don't put it on the calendar, it doesn't happen. But the reality is we should be witnessing on our own, right? This is, should be, if you let me use that buzz phrase that's out there, organic, you know, it should just be something that we do because we're Christians. We talk about Jesus. And, uh, and so anyway, I, I'm always encouraged uh, to hear your testimonies, to know that There's people out there talking about Jesus, and what an exciting time that is, so appreciate it. So, um, I know we're doing our Harmonies of the Gospels, and we might get to that tonight, but I'm looking at the clock and realizing we're probably not going to. We're going to talk about uh, some other things tonight. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We just got finished with with a missions conference, and I tell you, I have never Never have we had so much response from you folks about missionaries as we have about the missionaries that were here uh, this time, and especially the taskers. Everybody just, uh, you know, so I, I got several texts and emails and personal comments, but here's my absolute favorite text. I'm going to share it with you. Uh, so it was from, I don't care if he cares, I don't think he will, Devin. Devin says, I know as a board we've, just, we've been discussing not taking on new missionaries. We've been trying to decide when do you stop taking on new missionaries and build up to be able to give missionaries a raise versus, you know, just taking on another missionary because we have more missionaries, quite honestly, than we as a church are handling well. I mean, we're just being honest, right? you have 50-ish missionaries, and most of you can maybe name 10 of them, you know, maybe if you're really good, 20 of them. Uh, and, the, and that's the problem, right? So we have a lot of missionaries. You want to keep missions coming because you want to keep that freshness about missions coming to the congregation. But to just keep acquiring numbers does become a challenge. But anyway, so Devin goes on. He says, I know we've been suggesting not take on new missionaries, but then Pastor Brett goes and brings in the taskers. <laughs> and he goes on to say they are some of the most qualified and people-focused missionaries I think we've ever had in our church and so um, you know I it doesn't take uh, rocket science to scientists to figure this one out right we we know this is how we do this This, the way we do this as a church is we bring people in and quite honestly if nobody says anything to me I walk away thinking that there was such a small impact that okay we just kind of let it go on by that's just what we do but when people are responding, then okay, that's just how we do it. All right? So I'm just telling you, you know, I'm not I'm we're there's nothing hard and fast on the way we do this. We want to take on missionaries, and I don't disagree with you, by the way. I think they are probably hands down some of the best missionaries we've had in in a very long time. They're getting the job done. We have great missionaries. we really do, but we have some missionaries that are just getting the job done. I think of the Lathams down in Mexico, and uh, um, the other people down in Mexico, what's... Say it again? They're in uh, Guatemala or whatever, but uh, Ortiz, the Hodges are also getting the job done, uh, you know, Carpenter's Project is getting... We, there's... I I, I don't want to start listening because I'll leave somebody outright that I shouldn't be leaving out, but there's some that just we just know you just know that they're really getting the job done some of these missionaries have started you know 10 churches in seven years and things like That's, that's that's what you like to see right and so um when you see all that happening so let me explain to you our missions and then i want to talk to you tonight about this concept of faith promise which we use and uh, so we need to,
10: you
4: know, my, this was actually my plan, was to bring it up after the missions conference instead of before. In the past, we've kind of brought it up before, and I just think that maybe uh, after we get burdened and then, then talking about it, maybe that's a better way. So this was the plan anyway, but uh, it just works out really well for tonight. Uh, so we we tithe on our missions budget from the beginning, right? So. If we bring in $600,000 last year, we tithe $60,000 to missions as a church. That's just what we do. It's not commanded by God, and I call it a tithe, and that's not really a tithe since it's already your tithe, you understand. Uh, it's just the way we've done it as a church, and you guys have bought into that, and that's what we do with missions. So that's kind of the base of our missions funding. And then anything we do above and beyond that is through faith promise. All right? We do have money that was given to us, for missions, uh, you know, and but that money, quite honestly, is not—it's not replenishable, right? Unless it, the, so, it's something we spend. So we save that for projects and for sending people on a mission trip, things like that. But we're not—it's not something you would use to take on a missionary, since it's going to run dry eventually. Uh, that's not replenished. So it was a gift. So what we, what we do to support missionaries is what we bring in, what our, our base is, our tithe, and then whatever comes in in faith promise. So I want to talk to you about the concept of faith promise. Now, you've got to hear me and hear me carefully. The tithe is the requirement of God on his people. And when I say requirement, you know, God, is, he'll let us ignore it, right? He'll let us not tithe. Uh, when, I, when I say requirement doesn't get us to heaven, it's not that kind of thing. It's God's desire to bless us. It is the way that God uses to work through his church. But I'm, you've heard me say this, and I say it because it's true. It's God's church, and he's going to take care of his church with or without you know, our tithe. Let's be honest, our tithe is minuscule compared to the needs of of the world out here, and so, you know, God has to take care of our church anyway. So I always tell, I say to people, without apology, a lot of you cringe when I do it, but, you know, if you don't want to tithe, keep it. Because if you're giving it for the wrong reason, if you're giving it begrudgingly, God loves a what kind of giver? So if, you, if you're begrudgingly giving it, just keep it. Just keep it. You're going to find out that you can live worse on the 10% more. You'll find it out the hard way. You'll find out you have more money, and it doesn't go as far. It's just a weird thing. I can't explain it. It's how God works. We tithe, God blesses. We tithe, God blesses. And we don't tithe, and the blessings of God vanish. We have our 10%. But unfortunately, what we don't understand is that God was blessing us with 20. Do you understand understand how this works? Now, he doesn't give us like 20% extra in, in dollars, per se... But it's like we go to the store and, oh, look, this is on sale we were going to get. And, oh, look, and, oh, wow, we didn't have to drive as far to get this. And, and God, we don't see it. We don't understand it. But at the end of the month, wow, it was there. And more than enough, that's that's how tithing works. If you don't want to be blessed by God, keep it. I mean that sincerely. Keep it. The church is not going to go belly up because of it. And, you know, so just I'm not going to fight you on your tithe. Just keep it. But this concept of faith promise is not about your tithe. It's above and beyond your tithe, and it's not required. It is not required by God. It is simply just what it sounds like. It is, I'm going to trust God to do something that I don't know how I'm going to trust God to get done, okay? I, I, I mean, it's, I'm gonna, it's a step of faith. It's a faith promise concept, and the promise Maybe that's not the right phrase, all right? Maybe that's not a good word to use. Maybe the word promise scares people. The reality is I didn't create the the, uh, faith promise phraseology, and it's been around there for years and years and years. Uh, But, uh, you know, sometimes people are like, I don't want to make that commitment. But from the church's perspective, we're kind of looking for I am committed to this because we're going to respond to it. Do you understand? So, in other words, if all of a sudden we have $300 a month more coming in in faith promise, we're going—we're not going to just, you know, put it in the bank. We're going to actually do something with missionaries with it. We're going to make commitments to a missionary. So, it does require some concept of commitment. So, here we are in 2 Corinthians chapter eight, and this is the foundation of the faith promise concept. Let's pray first, and then we'll jump into this. Father. As we look at this together as a body, help us to grow in your grace, and specifically in this particular grace that is spoken of here, uh, a willingness to go beyond what seems possible for us. And, Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. It says in verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit. What does to wit mean? To know, to be aware of, to take knowledge of, right? To wit, to be aware of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. Now, the churches of Macedonia uh, have, have a reputation here that the Apostle Paul is writing about of giving uh, to those that uh, are out there carrying the gospel, to those that are in need. And they have this reputation of giving. And the Apostle Paul here writes to the Corinthian church and says, I want you to be aware of this grace of God, and it is a grace of God. Uh, it, it is okay. It is absolutely okay for someone to say, that's not for me right now, Pastor John. It's okay. This is not required by God. What is not okay is that we wouldn't join the Apostle Paul in saying, let's start asking God to bestow this grace upon us. Right? That's what the Apostle Paul is going to do here. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he's saying, to the Corinthian church, I'm asking God to bestow this grace on you. Not because Paul is trying to get rich off of them. Do you understand? (laughs) He is not. He doesn't care, quite honestly, if they give or not, because God's going to take care of Paul. What he wants is for you to know God in a new way and to know this grace that God gives. So he goes on, verse 2, how that in great trial of affliction... So let's focus on that phrase for a moment. Sometimes this grace makes zero sense to anyone because we might look at ourselves and think we're the ones that are in need. And by the way, the Macedonian churches were the ones that were in need by everybody else's table, right? You understand? And yet they're the ones. Upon whom this grace is bestowed, and so sometimes it's it's going to make no sense. That it, but in great trial of affliction, the abundance—and don't miss this next phrase—the abundance of their—you got to catch this—the abundance of their. How can I keep from singing the song said this evening? How can I keep? I just need you to to hear it. That joy is involved in this giving. If there's no joy in this, then you're missing out on the grace. You're missing out on the grace. If it's like, I can't believe I committed myself to this. here's your extra ten bucks, take it. No, I mean, if that's what it is, you're missing the grace that, the, that God bestows. There's this great joy that, is, that comes with, with being a part of God working in someone else's life. And so that's the grace that the Apostle Paul wants them to come to regardless of the affliction that they're personally going through, to have this great joy. And their deep poverty, they were in deep poverty, abounded unto the riches of their liberality. So they're in deep poverty, it seems impossible that they should be. Have you ever noticed that that's the way it works often? This was not new. Remember what Jesus said when there was a a little widow lady that came and dropped in some money in the offering plate? Do you remember that? And I think it was two pence, wasn't it? She dropped in two pence. And Jesus said, what did he say? She's given more than any of the rest of you because she's given out of her poverty. You gave out of your abundance. She's given out of her poverty. And Jesus honors her. And by the way, the impression is she's right here, right, with great joy saying, Lord, multiply my two pence. right? Multiply what little I can give To do what I can, and this is what God does. This is the amazing thing, because God is able to take. There's um, I can't remember the song, and it's it's probably not one that we would uh, sing anyway. But it's but there's a song, and it's it's about you know God is talking to to these people in heaven who have died for His causes, all right, martyrs, and um, and He's saying, hey, look, because the martyrs are like you know why 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 isn't anybody standing up anymore, Lord? And he's like, take a look. Here's this Sunday school class that just gave $7.50 for missionaries. And we laugh. But God takes the $7.50 and multiplies it. And he does with it what, what we can't imagine because that's what God can do. You see, God can take that widow's jar with just a little bit in it and make it where it's never running dry that's what God does. And, and so there's this great joy that leads them to a liberality, a willingness to share and to give. And not just to share and to give, but look at verse 3. It says, For to their power what they were able to do, and I bear record, record yea, beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. And this is where faith comes in. Right? Anybody can give to their power. It requires no faith to say, you know, I've got an extra five bucks a week, I'm going to give it. That's not faith. That's just having an extra five bucks a week. It's when you don't have an extra five bucks a week and you're saying, Lord, if you'll provide five dollars this week, I'm going to give it. And you'll be shocked how often God will provide it. A few years back, I, um, I, had gotten into a habit. I was picking up a couple of kids and taking my kids with us, and we'd go to Suburban to school, right? I'm taking them to school every day. And we'd kind of gotten into a habit of going to this wonderful little place for coffee called Starbucks, right? And so I began to realize that I was spending $50 a month-ish on coffee. You can't drink Starbucks every day. This is a few years back, but you can't bring Starbucks every day and not cost. Well, not every day, but you know, a lot of days and not cost you something. And we're about this time where we're talking about faith promise, it's Like, you know what? If this is not even a sacrifice, right? I and mean, this is not. This is not like beyond my power. This is to my power to actually make my own coffee and take the extra forty-nine dollars out of that fifty. You can make a lot of coffee for a buck. You know, it's, it's amazing. And all of a sudden, you know, it just changes your ability to give. And that's not even, there's really not even any any sacrifice involved in that, right? It's amazing what we can do to our power, let alone beyond our power. And so I'm just, I brought this up just as a funny little illustration. What happened after I said that, I'm not making this up, I got about $400 worth of gift cards from Starbucks from you people. You felt bad about me giving up my coffee. And so, I mean, I'm not making that up. So I was like, okay. So I was able to give, you know, what I would give extra to missions and didn't even have to give up my coffee to do so. I was like, wow, this, that's what God does. It's just little things that God can do whatever God wants to do, right? It's just, that's God. So they not only gave to their power what they were able to give, but the Apostle Paul and I bear record that they gave beyond their power. And they did so. Look what it says. Willing of themselves that uh, th- this is not. If if this is by constraint, if I'm if I'm making you feel guilty into doing this, don't do this, please. Spend some time praying about it, thinking about it, get past the emotion of this moment, because that's not what this is about. It's not. The only emotion that I want you to consider is joy, because that's the one that God tells us to consider. All right. So we ought to be motivated by joy. It's our joy to see God reaching people with the gospel. And it's our joy to be a part of that. And so, uh, you know, so beyond their power, they were willing themselves. Look at verse 4. Not only did they give, but that one didn't stop. They're praying for us. They're praying us. Begging us, please, would you take... Because here's what was happening. Have you ever had this happen? Somebody who you know shouldn't be giving you that $5 and they're giving it to you and you're like, oh no, 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 that's okay. I don't, I don't need that. And they're like, please, I want you to have this. I want you to, I want to help you reach people for Jesus, right? And that's what was happening because the Apostle Paul's looking at them. They're in their poverty. They, we should be giving to them. The Apostle Paul's thinking in his mind, and, and he's like, and they're like, please, please take this. We want you to have it. They're begging us to receive the gift because they find so much joy in helping Paul do the job that God's called him to do. And, and that's what's happened here. And so uh, they take upon on the, the fellowship of ministering to the saints. So now it's, by the way, it's the fellowship of ministering. So now when Paul, when Paul goes out and preaches the gospel, it's as if they were right there with him. There's a fellowship of ministry. You see how this works? When one of our missionaries goes out and leads someone to Jesus, it's a fellowship of ministry for Southeast Baptist Tabernacle. When they come back and report, we ought to be like, amen. I mean, somebody got saved, and that's why we sent them, right? That was what it was all about. That's where the joy comes from. And so that's what is happening here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, So he goes on in verse 5 and says, And this they did. Listen to what he says. Not as we hoped. In other words, this is tough. This is really a tough thing. But it's like, have you ever heard the missionaries say, the best thing you can do for us is pray for us? Right? If you support us, that's fine. Now, Sometimes you get the impression from some missionaries, like the best thing you can do for us is give us money. (laughs) And and doesn't that make you feel a little squeamish when it comes across that way? They may not mean it that way, but when it comes across that way, it's like, "Eh." because that's not what we're here for. Right? That's not what we're in the ministry for. It's not why any of us are in the ministry. So, uh, but he says, it's not as we hoped, but they first gave their own selves to the Lord. Now, I want you to stop, and this starts right here. Hear me out. If you're still trying just to witness to the first person you've ever witnessed to, keep your money and focus on that. It starts with us being involved in the ministry at home. They first gave themselves to the Lord. That's the first step. Because you're never going to find any joy in this if we're not actively serving the Lord ourselves. So that's your first step. Keep the wallet closed. Anybody, you know, <clears throat> there's a reason why I don't preach on money. Anybody can give money. Lost people give money all of the time. All of the time. I mean, do you really honestly think that of the, of the 100,000 or the 30,000 runners that ran and raised money hundreds of thousands of dollars for Wheeler Mission on Thanksgiving morning, do you think they were all Christian people? No. Lost people give money all the time. All the time. Giving money is one of the easiest things on the planet to do. It's easy to do. Because I can give money as long as I don't have to do it. You do it, and I feel better about myself. That's That's not what this is all about. They first gave themselves. We first involve ourselves in the work of the Lord at home then we're able to find joy in helping others do the work of the Lord elsewhere. But there's no joy if we're just not doing it ourselves. We've got to start there. So they first gave themselves unto the Lord and then unto us by the will of God. That's what the Apostle Paul says. So there's a progression here. You've got to start first. First to the Lord, then we involve ourselves in missions. If you're still struggling with the first, do the first step 1st it It's got to be there because you're not going to find that joy without that you know if it just doesn't work that way so uh we do that verse six insomuch that we desired so the so paul says this was such a great deal that we desired titus that as he had begun so he would also finish in you the same grace also now i love this right i'm not trying to get you to give money to our church there's, there's no self-serving here, right? It does nothing for me if you give or not. It does nothing for me. Right? This is a grace that God gives and Paul says, Titus, teach this to these people also because this is a wonderful thing. When God so works that we give ourselves to him and then it becomes our joy to pass along to others, wow, that's a church that's starting to get fired up for the things of God. That's what begins to happen. So the Paul says to Titus, teach this grace. Help these people to see how this same grace can be in them, so that he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, verse 7, as you abound in everything, in faith, and utterance, and knowledge, and all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. This is an important step. I speak not by commandment. That's an interesting phrase that the Apostle Paul uses. I speak not by commandment, and I'm going to prove to you that it is you know, you can argue about what this means, right? God let him write it, so is it commandment or not? But it's not commandment that they give. It's not. You're going to find that later on in this passage. I'll hurry. I know it's late, but you're going to find that God, God wants you to be willing. This is, not, this is not coerced in any way. So not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others. And that word forwardness means, uh, if, if you look up the word, it means eagerness. I like that definition, of this eagerness of others to get involved in the same thing. So uh, diligence and carefulness, this eagerness of others. Uh, And to prove the sincerity of your love. Uh, This is how we know that we love souls, right? That that proof. And so then verse 9 says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice. Paul says, this is my advice, for this is good for you, it's expedient for you. Who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. It's time to take a step. For somebody of you, this, it's time, right? It's time. You should be ready for this. I don't know where it's going to come from, Pastor, but if God gives, and by the way, this is where you got to be wise, all right? I mean, we could say, well, if God gives me an extra $1,000 a week, I'm going to give $52,000 a week. Well, you know, okay, God might. He might. And God can, right? He can. What's, what's $52,000 to God? But we're being realistic here because part of this is God's going to remind us along the way, hey, John, you don't have to have that. You could buy the generic version. It'd be just as fine, Right? God's going to remind me how I can give extra because now I have a readiness to do so. He's going to remind me. So he says, you know, now we need to get... That there was a readiness to will so that so that may be a performance also out of that which ye have. So he's like, there's got to be this readiness, this willingness that's all there. I've got to hurry. Now... Um, <clears throat> Verse 12, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according that a man hath, and not according to they hath not. Now, this gets to be a challenge, right? So, in other words, let's, let's focus on what we have, and let's have a, a willingness, a readiness of mind, a willing mind to say, Okay, God, I've only got so many, right? Uh, we all have a budget. We've only got so much we can do. But, God... If you'll show me how to be wise, and if you'll provide, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take that step of faith to go beyond my power, to go beyond what makes sense, and give in a, in a different way. And it is a challenge. I, I'm not suggesting it's not a challenge. Now, for some of you, by the way, this is, the challenge is... Is that you need to figure out how to be willing to give up more because you know some there's people that could probably give a hundred dollars a week sitting here and then there's people who are thinking I don't know if I can do five dollars a week pastor you don't know my budget and I'm aware of that but I'm, what I'm also aware of is the God who takes what we can do you know according to what a man hath and not what he hath not what we can do and what we're willing to trust God with and what God does with what you know we're trying to do so um, verse 14 uh, verse 13 he says, "For I mean not that other men be eased and you be burdened he's like, I'm not trying to make this a burden for you he's not I'm not trying to make it easy for the missionary and we're living in in, in dire straits that doesn't make sense He's like, I'm not trying to make one person ease and we're trying to to watch God work in everybody's life, providing for the missionary and providing for us. Uh, and you know, the missionary is, by the way, living by faith. If you don't believe me, then ask a missionary how many churches he loses in an average four years that he's on the mission field. Because you know, he's trusting that those churches are going to keep their promise, and sometimes they can't or they won't or whatever. We don't know. He doesn't know. He may never know. All he knows is he gets a note that says, uh, we're keeping our money, you know, or whatever, you know, and uh, so, uh, but, you know, we're not trying to burden anyone else, uh, but that by equality, and equality, that now is the time your abundance may be a supply to their wants. So when God has supplied your abundance, I, I, I get frustrated in America because our, our idea is that every time we get extra, we do one of two things. We go into to Amazon and see what we can buy. Or we figure out where we can go. Right? Oh, God gave me some extra. What can I buy? God gave me some extra. Where can we go now? And Brett, what happened to the concept that God's giving us so that we might help the cause of Christ around the globe? Whatever happened to that concept? Uh, and so anyway, uh, as it is written, that he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack, but thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into our heart of Titus for you. So here's it, and I'm, I'm done. I'm not asking for anything tonight. I'm asking you to begin to, to pray, to think. I'm aware that there's a lot of things we can do for missions out there that we're not doing. And there's, here's, what, here's the thing about our church. We have this conversation every year. If we bring a missionary in here, you're probably going to fall in love with them. That's just the way it is. And so, and we could bring a missionary in every week. We get calls and emails and texts from missionaries regularly. Please let us come, let us come. We could have one a week. What we can't do is support one a week. Unless, of course, I suppose, all of a sudden we had a lot more money coming in for missions, right? And we could do that uh, if, if, if that's what we wanted to do. But, you know, so right now I'm just asking you to think about it. Pray about it. Lord, would you... Allow me to find joy in trusting you to give beyond my power to the cause of Christ around the globe. Just think about it. Pray about it. And you'll be amazed as we are seeking God's face, God brings a dollar figure to mind. So you don't come to pastors pastor and say, Pastor, how much am I supposed to give? I have no clue. I don't have any clue. But God brings a dollar figure to mind. And then you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to take a step. I'm going to trust you. And here's where that trust comes in, because at some point, we need you to tell us, because we're going to act upon that promise. Do you understand? You're going to tell us without, without, uh, you know, and you're going to tell us anonymously, so you don't have to... we're not, and we're not going to bill ya. <laughs> you. Know, it's nothing like that. We're going we're to trust God to do what you're trusting God to do, and that's to provide for you so that we can provide collectively for missions. right? But God will. If you begin to pray about it, ask, God will bring a dollar for you to mind for you of something that you think you could do weekly, monthly, annually, whatever it is. And, and, and then you begin to say, okay, Lord, I'm trusting you. Now show me. And he'll show you how you can save a dollar here. And there's $10 off over here. And you can buy this cheaper over here. And you really don't need that upgrade over here. And he'll show it to you. And before you know it, you're finding the joy of placing into the hands of the Apostle Paul, please take this and use it. And by the way, if it was the Apostle Paul, we wouldn't hesitate, right? But what we don't know is how many of the Apostle Pauls have come through our midst that God can, will, and maybe is using out there to impact souls. And they could do just a little more because God's people gave to their power, beyond their power, by the grace that was bestowed upon them. Father, bestow this grace upon this congregation. Help us to find joy in sharing what you've given to us with those who are serving you. And, Father, we'll thank and praise you. Dismiss us with your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. No invitation tonight. I'll let you get out of here. It's uh, late. I know. I kept you late. Lord, bless you. Keep it, Make space. Shine. I'm going to give you peace. You are dismissed.